And when they pulled the first one, I said to myself, I'm an artist. It wasn't until that point, I didn't believe it. But when I saw my print hanging there on the on the wall, I was like, I'm, I'm, I finally did it. I'm finally an artist. Black creativity is unstoppable. The Studio Noise podcast takes you into the studio with Black artists and creatives making the art that moves the culture. You get to feel all the inspiration, technique, and passion behind the people making paintings, making sculptures, making prints, making noise. It's the Studio Noise podcast with your host, Jamal Barber. It's the noise. Yes, it's the noise. Ah, we back, baby. (laughs) Yes, it's your boy, Jay Barber. Back at you with another season of Studio Noise, the season seven. Yes, three years, seven seasons. If you carry the two and... We here, baby. (laughs) We back, y'all. You know, I missed y'all. You know what I mean? Can't stay away from this. I love this. Love having these conversations. If this is your first time listening, I am Jamal Barber, host of Studio Noise Podcast, printmaker, professor of the arts <laughs> down here, living it up in Atlanta, Georgia. I sure do appreciate y'all listening. First and foremost, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your interest in everything art and everything black. So, yes, you are now tuned in to the best art podcast in the world. Also, the blackest art podcast in the world. And those two things are not independent of each other they're not separate black artists have been working a long time and being amazing at what they do making work through all kinds of situations and all i do is put the mic up and let you hear all this black excellence that's happening all around you that always doesn't always get highlighted now this is episode 128 so we got a whole catalog more than 150 some episodes if you count all the special episodes bring you the best and brightest Black artists from all around the world talking painters, printmakers, ceramicists, dancers, curators, collectors, all the beautiful black people that make the art world go round. From the superstar artists to the recent graduates, it's the noise, baby. The noise is all us creating and expressing and being free and being blickety, 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 black, black, black. <laughs> I need some sound effects. Maybe I'd invest in some sound effects. Needs that, that sound like I need some gunshots right quick and some air horns. Where Jiggy Jazz at? Bam, bam, bam. I need, where was she? <laughs> I got to bring it back, yo. Keep it lively up in here. So we're going to have some fun this season, I promise you. And we're going to get to know a lot of new family members. I really can't wait to give y'all, to show y'all and bring y'all all these great conversations. You can follow us over at Studio Noise Podcast on IG. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Let everybody know about the noise. SoundCloud, Spotify, everywhere you listen to podcast i want you to share with two friends every time you get a chance let them know it's the noise if you want to support the show you can head on over to www.studionoisepodcast.com we got a little bit of merch on the site still gonna keep working to get more merch to you and you can join our patreon if you want to drop your boy a few dollars keep this thing going got so many good plans for the patreon yo i really do i'm gonna get to it i promise you a lot of stuff going on this year is gonna be super exciting super great that brings us to today's guest, printmaker, book artist, Sarah Matthews, coming through, kicking off the season. She has a solo show, Overcomer, which is on view right now at the Anne Marie Sculpture Garden and Art Center from January 15th to February 27th. So you hear this episode, you still got time. to You still got time to run over there and check it out. We definitely talk about that show and all that work was made during the pandemic. So we get to hear a little bit about how that influenced her work. 
all the ways that she overcame and all the feelings she had around that. Talk about taking time to play in the studio and her layered approach to printmaking. You know your boy love printmaking. So it's a great way for me to start off the season. It's the noise, y'all. <laughs> we back. Yes, missed y'all so much, yo. Can't wait to give y'all more and more and more. And after the break, we got Sarah Matthews right here. It's the noise. Yes. Hey, this is Shakira Marcus, and I am a dance photographer here in Atlanta, and you are listening to Studio Noise. It's your boy, Jay Barber, Studio Noise, bringing you the very best black artists from all over the world. Today, we got printmaker book artist Sarah Matthews with us on the podcast. How you doing, girl? So good. Thank you for having me. This oh, for is so sure. awesome. For sure. I'm a, I'm a fan of your work. You one of the, another artist I discovered on Instagram that I just follow and have a good time uh, checking in <laughs> with every once in a while. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. You yeah. know, I'm a longtime listener to your, your podcast. Are you really? Look at that. <laughs> I am. I am. And, you know, like in my mind, secretly last year, I was like, I wonder when no. When you started following me on Instagram, I was like, I hope, I hope he asked me. I hope he asked me. And you did. So I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> Dreams do come true. Yo. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Well, thank well, one, thank you for listening. I sure do appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? I make the podcast just to and talk to black artists and relate to them and get this stuff on record. And, you know, I put it out and hope that people listen. So I'm glad that you did. Awesome. Yeah. And awesome. so glad to have you on the podcast. I got to tell you, um, uh, this semester in my printmaking class, I'm using you as one of the theme artists that we're going for. You and Delita Martin together, because my oh whole my whole theme this semester is about layering and taking, you know, something and printing on top of something and not worried about or not necessarily having an end result in mind, but just letting the process of layering happen. And you can use uh, the multiples that come with printmaking vertically where you can get an addition, individual separate prints or horizontally, as I call it, where you can continuously layer on one sheet of paper until some really fun stuff happened. And that's what I see when I look at your work. It's, it's quite fascinating. Tell me, where where did you get your printmaking start? I got my printmaking start at, well, you know what? It's a really long story, but I'll, I'll shorten it. Okay, so after I got married, not to, not no, before I got married, you know when you are preparing to get your invitations made. Mm -hmm. So it was two thousand, two thousand. It was two thousand, and I ordered my invitations, and they were ugly. <laughs> I hated them. <laughs> Just hate. Terrible. But I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have time. And this is like, okay, think about two thousand. When you order invitations for a wedding, for a wedding, it's like. There's not many places that do it, right? right so yeah. when they arrived, I didn't have enough time to, you know, get them remade or get someone else to remake them because I had people coming from all over the place in the United States. So I sent them off, but I said in the back of my mind, I know I can do this. So when my cousin and my sister got married, I hand printed their invitation. Nice. Um, but it, it wasn't like um stamps that i carved it was stamps that i found at like joanne's or, or michael's but i hand printed them embossed them with gold 
glitter and all that good stuff. Wow. And that's where it that's where it started. So fast forward 10 years, I had 10 years of invitations that I've been making, including like doing um, postcards and and um, baby showers and all that good stuff. I decided that I really wanted to pursue art full time. So, but I still didn't feel like I had a good enough portfolio. Mm-hmm. But I applied anyway. So um, I ended up getting into the program with the invitations that I had made. I packed them up and brought them to my to my interview. She reviewed them, and then I got I got into the Corcoran College of Art and Design with those invitations. All right, <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not time wasted right there. <laughs> no, it wasn't. How many it how wasn't. many have you been had you done over the over that time period? Oh my gosh, it was at least three weddings a year. Oh wow! So this was like but, a little business for you. Yeah, it was a side business. I was an HR manager at Best Buy during that time. And this was my side gig. I would make and hustle and do that stuff on the side. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, yo. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then, so you went to George Washington University. You're there. Did you study printmaking while in school? Okay, so let me clarify. It was the Corcoran College of Art and Design, and then George Washington bought it. <laughs> two years okay. into my program i got you yes i got you. right so you know because i yeah. i'm corcoran <laughs> <laughs> i am a corcoran grad you know what i mean but um but four semesters into the program because i'm taking art in the book so it's a study of book arts artist books mm-hmm. and um i initially joined really did that program specifically for letterpress because i thought it would enhance my invitations right mm-hmm but the semester, my fourth semester in, and and I don't know why I did this. I took all those like those those um re- book report writing classes before, so I was struggling like writing papers, right. not, you know, like 10, 15, 20 page papers on you know one piece of artwork and how it made me feel. Right. I just I struggled. I struggled in art history. I mean, beyond. So I didn't know what. I was doing, I didn't know who I was, but when I took printmaking, no, it was advanced print, advanced printmaking and bookbinding one. That's when I found who I am. And that's basically what I do right now, every day. Printmaking, making books. Oh man, that seemed like the American dream right there. I know, but everything else, I was like, I wish I wish I had known I could just take those two classes and run on, but, you know, <laughs> that's how, I mean, I finished my degree. I was, I was determined, but I finished my degree. I graduated in 2016. That's what's up. That's good. And so right out of school, full-time artist, or did you do something else? No, no. Okay. So I walked across the stage. I was about eight months pregnant with my youngest child. Oh. And um, <laughs> so basically I rock across the stage. She was born two months later. And then I did nothing for an entire year. Nothing. Nothing. No artwork at all. None. Just, and you know, just every you day. Yeah. Yeah. Every day I would be like, I'm a failure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I haven't made anything. No, not that. No. <laughs> Seriously. That's where I was. I was, but I gotten a call for entry with Big Ink Prints. Have you heard of Big Ink? Oh yeah, I love Big Ink. I've done two prints with Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've done five. Oh wow, yeah. 
You I'm, into a, it. I'm an extra alumni. <laughs> um, but they sent this thing and I was like, I haven't carved anything and I don't know how long. That's A. B, this is two feet by four feet. Wow. And then I was like, I'm just going to submit. <laughs> Let me rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. Let me, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. So um, I waited till the last minute, like the night before, to carve my block. You know, that's like a no-no, but I did. <laughs> yeah. I don't recommend carving a four-foot block. The I night don't. Before I do not. I do not recommend this. But if you got a baby, what are you gonna do? <laughs> you do the best you can, right? You, you just yeah. you go for it. Yeah. Well, teach and, teach um, little man how to carve. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I was using the um the machine. What do you call that? The thing that it's like. You plug the um the tool in and you and you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I saw. Um, yeah, I saw. I've seen, no way. Um, Chicago Booker, um, Alice and Sarah use use those. Yeah, yeah. That uh, I end up burning out my mind. <laughs> I forget what's the name of that thing. Dremel. Yeah, yeah. Dremel. Yeah. I end up burning it out. But anyway, um, I showed up. I still was carving up until the minute that you know they came, um, came and did it. But when it, you know, when it's because it's a community print where everybody is together and they yeah. help help each other print. Yeah. And when they pull the first one, I said to myself, I'm an artist. It wasn't until that point, I didn't believe it. But when I saw my print hanging there on the on the wall, I was like, I'm, I'm, I finally did it. I'm finally an artist. Wow. And so, yeah. And that that was a trajectory to get me to doing things at my house. Because I was, sometimes you feel like you're stifled because you have, you're at school and you have all these resources available to you, all the studios available to you. And then when you get home, you're like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I don't have the press. I don't have the ink. I don't have blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, well, I can print small, right? I can print on my kitchen table. I can print, you know, in my living room. So that's what I started doing, just carving little line over blocks and started printing an entire, like a two feet by four feet piece, but from little tiny, small, you know, line of cuts that I created. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so some of the prints that you've seen, like on my website, I printed in my kitchen because that's the only place I had. And I had to change my mindset and saying that wherever I am is where the studio is instead of saying, I don't have a studio, so I can't do anything. That's right. I love, I love that art, right? Because I talk about this a lot, that it's kind of a cycle that creatives go through that up and down yeah. where you're in and out and kind of you is <laughs> the extreme part of the cycle. Like you was like, yo, a year, I can't make anything. What am I doing? Like, right. and all the way <laughs> to that determination that you get, like, I have to make something. Like, you know, yeah. somehow. And there's always a way to do it. Printmaking is a great um, method to do it, too, because, yes, you can use a press and all the fancy stuff and big rollers and all this kind of stuff. Or it's just you at your table with a spoon, a little brayer. Yeah. You know, you can, right. <laughs> you can rub it out and, and stamp it or whatever you can do. Like So it's, it's extremely versatile like that. So I'm glad you found that, you know what I'm saying, for yourself, too, because I know. I mean, mm -hmm. I was a stay at home dad. I'm not comparing stay at home dads, stay at home moms, but uh it's, it's hard still a stay it's hard parent yeah. it's still hard it's hard yeah it's, it's super hard you there you there with this, yeah. little, this little person that demands your attention all the time and you know yeah you still got <laughs> you still got other stuff you're trying to do so i get it joe i get the whole struggle 
Mm-hmm. So I'm glad totally. you came through that. So when did you get back to the bookmaking? Um, so because I was making these one-off prints, and that and that's the thing that I kind of like changed too. Because when you're in school, they teach you to make an addition, mm-hmm. and I was like, "There's no, there's no way I can make an addition." And when I discovered this thing called variable addition, my, <laughs> my life changed. <laughs> my life changed. I was like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. So yeah, I would just make these one-off prints, and then I would take those prints, I would cut them down, and make books. Mm-hmm. Um, I lo- I really love doing altered books, taking existing books like from the thrift store, and then just chopping up and making something new with them. But that's what I was doing. I was just utilizing whatever I could get, especially during this pandemic. <laughs> whatever I had, you know, could get my hands on. Because at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a time where you couldn't even order any supplies. You remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Where everything was out of stock. Yeah. And so I was just like, well, I got to use what I have. I got these old books that I don't use. So let me just chop these up, paint on them, print on them and make, you know, one-off artist books that don't have an edition, but they all work together. So a lot of those books that I'm, that I created during that time are in the show that are, that's coming up starting tomorrow. So all right, let's talk. Hey, that's a great segue. Look at you, professional podcaster. Great way to get into it. <laughs> Start talking about your show. Overcomer opens January 15th through February 27th at the Anne Marie Sculpture Garden. Uh, yes. and this is interesting because uh, you posted a, a sneak preview. I had to zoom in on the wall to see the text on the wall, but I did it because I'm so thorough. <laughs> so it says... This show documents Sarah Matthews' journey through depression, anger, hope, peace, and love amid a global global pandemic, racial injustice, and social isolation. Sarah Matthews was able to find her artistic voice. Tell me about that. I admire a lot of printmakers out there that can carve the African-American face. Mm -hmm. Like, I always, even though you see what I make, I feel like I'm not a great drawer. And so when I've attempted to do, which I have been successful in, but I still feel nervous, nervous when I am carving a face, right? Mm -hmm. But when I am in my element, where I feel most at home is when I'm creating those layers, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and that happened upon like accident. Um, Okay, so when I was in school, and it was my screen printing class. And the way that screen printing class was um, created is that there are different people from different um, backgrounds that are in the class. We had folks who are from, econo- from economics degrees that was in the class. We had sculptors and different things, but I was the only book artist that was in the class. And so I was like, I'm going to incorporate making books into this class. So when we have assignments that are due. I'm going to make a book. It's going to be that's going to be my assignment, right? But I still want to incorporate some of the relief printing that I was already doing. And um, I remember doing one of the critiques. I had only completed two layers on this um, flag book, and um, it's funny. And I was I said, hey, I'm I'm only it's only two layers, but I intend to add more. And then there was 
consensus in the room saying, oh, no, this looks just great the way it is. I'm like, no, I need to add more. They're like, no, you should stop here. I think, <laughs> I think they said, I think the layer, too much, too many layers is going to be too busy. So just, you know, stay with that. And I didn't listen. So I went on ahead and added more layers. I even, with my screen printing, I, I screen printed white on top of those colored layers. And I think it ended up being like 15 layers of stuff mm. on that thing. And so when I, when I, when I brought it for the final review, people gasped in the audience, like, wow. But I departed from those layers that from that time, I didn't make, I didn't do any layers until I was doing, you know how they do those, um, monthly challenges so they have like the print inktober and then yeah. you have carved december yeah so i started out printing like filling up a, a um a book just a book with all the prints that i had made for the entire month and then one day i accidentally overlapped two things i was like oh yeah that's right i do i love layers so i started to the <laughs> next so i turned the page and i started adding layers and you can see as as because i actually have record of this with because i keep all the books that i printed in and i can you can see how i change how i it finally clicked about how much i really loved doing that and the thing is it's kind of like being a scientist where you don't know what's going to happen what the end result is going to going to be yeah because when you put take two blocks put them together you're like oh my gosh i really love that let's add another one <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like it's just really fun. Um, and honestly, people think, people always say to me now, it's like, Sarah, you have an excellent judge of color. Like you really know your colors. And I'm like, tell that to my color theory teacher because I got a C. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I was arguing with her, I don't know. <laughs> but I just did not, I did not do well in that class, but I really, I really love layering different colors and I don't, now there's colors I really don't like. Like what? Like gray. Say gray, gray, black, brown. Oh, you like, don't like that. black. That's interesting. No, I mean, no. I, I, even like when we did the big ink prints, mm -hmm. I, I just like, I wish I could add some color to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually considering going back and reprinting all the ones that I did in color. Okay. That'll be another yeah. another uh, thing on my list to do. But yeah, I want to see what it looks like when I layer them, you know, layer, let's say the one that says I am me that mm -hmm. has my picture, my, my face on there. Mm -hmm. I want to like do it in three different colors, CMYK, and see what, it, what, what happens with that. So... No, I like more that. to come. Yeah, I like that. And I was gonna ask you about your sense of color, like in in terms of how you begin to understand color. Is it just purely exploration, just picking up like stuff? Like I got these colors right here. Let me see what happens. Yes, and then well, here's what I've always I, I I've been telling people recently is like I start I like to start my art process with fun. I know people are like, what do you mean? <laughs> I like to have fun with it so I can learn. I feel like you learn and remember 
what you learned when you're doing it in fun. And then when I'm doing a serious project, I can apply those learnings with no in inhibition. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's nothing in the way of me accessing that information to do what I need to do. Right. So um, I like to play and see what happens. And then I, I keep those, those initial play um, prints as reference to put it into, you know, future projects. So in the beginning, as you're working, do you know immediately the difference between a serious project and a fun project? Yes. I set aside time specifically for fun. For fun. Okay. So, right. <laughs> so what, so what, what's the, the difference you think in the approach? Like, is it, is the paper size different? Is the amount of colors you different? Is the amount of time allowed? Is it, is it the sketches beforehand? Like what's the clear separation? I'm interested. It it's well, it's smaller. So like smaller. Okay. I will. Right. So I'll use like scrap rubber to carve. Um, and then print with that. And then I'm like, okay, because I have taken that small thing, blown it up, and then carved a new thing, a bigger thing with with that image. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that I, I can, so, because I know what it'll look like in the layers because I had fun with it. And now I can apply it to the serious work. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, 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 it does. It does. I, I love that. And that's uh, one of the reasons I brought it up. Um, because I can tell, right? <laughs> Not that I'm okay. some great expert, but I can tell it's like, okay, this is just full out plan in, in terms of making a pattern or something yeah. uh, just to do it for practice, color understanding that can still become something else later on, right? Like if it's sitting on right. your floor, you can pick it up, you know, crop it, cut it, put it in a book or make it part of a shirt or, you know, anything that you're doing with uh, a different kind of piece. But it's, it is something nice about not having an expectation of finish on top of you, like somehow, you know what I mean? Yes, because that was the thing that really kind of bugged me about art school, because it was always like, is there the finished work? Yeah. And I wanted to say, not right now, because I have a right to change it at any time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I can rip it up. I can chop it up and put it into something else like i don't want to say it's finished it's finished when i say it's finished yeah and it, that's a, another thing in my class that i want to emphasize to these new printmakers kind of get to train them up the way i want to <laughs> but when you, do, <laughs> when you do get them it's that the addition doesn't have to be the end and like a lot right. of classes teach that like all right we're going to do uh linoleum for the next two weeks at the end of that two weeks you're going to turn in you know a four print five print edition they need to be all the same and then we're moving on to monoprint like it doesn't have to be that cut clean it can be right like once you have it now we can do x y and z like with this new thing that you have and or you can recarve it again and print it on top yeah of it. like you know it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be like that finite process and if you are not necessarily wanting to be a printmaker and you want to stay with your painting, this can still be a part of your painting. If you add it and collage it in and then paint on top, now mm -hmm. you have a little bit of uh, extra funky stuff underneath. My man Najee, I always talk about adding the funk to your artwork. like, And that can yeah. be the funk because all that playing, all that unexpected um, 
what do they call it? Serendipity that happens, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? With stuff that you did, you couldn't plan for uh, the way the right. colors mix and the shapes overlap, like stuff like that. Uh, that kind of funk is, is the new stuff that you need to give it energy. You know what I'm saying? Make it fresh. Exactly. Yeah. Tell and me, make it yours, right? Exactly. Make yeah. It yours. Make it yours. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me about the show Overcomer. Like what's, what's included in the show and what was kind of an overarching theme that you went with? So there are a couple of things um, that I would call like my keepsakes that I made while I was during school. So there is um, a flag book that I, it was my very first flag book that I ever made. Um, It's entitled uh, An American Dream. And during that time, I was happening to be, I I don't know if people still use it, but I just happened to be scrolling through Pinterest. And uh, there was this. Did you just image. say you don't know if people use Pinterest? I don't know. I mean, I, I, think, <laughs> I look. I, I consider myself an old school but new school technology person. So I was still like going on Pinterest and be like looking at stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying. I don't know if people there still are millions do it of people because that do good, good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm with y'all. I'm with y'all. But anyway. <laughs> So there was this image of Martin Luther King pulling a cross off, I mean, out of his lawn. I guess it was burnt on his lawn. Mm. And then right next to him, which I didn't, it, was, it wasn't the pulling up the cross that was haunting. It was seeing his little son sucking his thumb right there mm. was haunting to yeah. me. Because at the time, my daughter was a thumb sucker and she was that age. And so to put myself in Martin the King's shoes and having my daughter see something like that would be catastrophic to yeah. me, right? Yeah. So I created this flag book to focus on the child. I think people, I mean, it does look like it's about, it, it, it does look like it's um, about Martin the King and it is, but it's really about his son. Because how do we navigate, continue to navigate through these spaces, even today, with our children, um, with things happening to people like Brianna Taylor and and George. Right. So I, back then, it wasn't. It you know it was what Michael. Um, there's so many of them. That's that's what the problem is. You know what I'm talking about, Michael? Um, yeah, Michael Brown and Glenn mm-hmm. Steele. So back then, that's that's the names that I was thinking about, right? Mm-hmm. And then fast forward to now, we're still dealing with that kind of stuff, right? So um, that's what that book is about. Um, but I don't want to sell it. It's it's my first one, so that won't be not sale. But <laughs> <laughs> there are other things within the exhibition like my game was called plus or minus and um it was i the actual game board was printed with centra centra is like a pvc plastic it is um softer than wood but harder than linoleum and um i of course you can see it's tons of layers in it and um i made these pieces where i screen printed them and then had them cut out with a laser cutter and then they're like, when you play Monopoly, like they're like gang pieces. And then you're like, 
it's um it's four people, so two adults and two children, and then you assume that person. So when you pick up a card and it says, for instance, Viola Davis won an Emmy for her role in whatever it is, move one step. You know, whoever it was was um, beaten up by police, blah, 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 mm-hmm. move back 10 spaces, move back 10 spaces, right? So like how it feels to be an African-American, how we take on, we do this, we take on all the Black America on our shoulders. So right. we become the representation of all Black people. So when things happen in our, our environment, in our culture, we all move forward and backward together. And that's what the game is symbolizes right and maybe one day i'll add weights to the game pieces so you can feel the brunt of moving forward and backward together as a as a as a consensus but yeah that was my thesis project it's based off of this um notion that the images of jim crow affect how we view black people in the media today so all those things that they used to do with the minstrel shows and um, the portrayal of black people um, in movies, with the blackface, that stuff perpetuates to how people view black people in the media today. And that's what I was trying to do in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff, yo. <laughs> this sounds like a great show. How how large is the show? Um, it's it's in the main gallery. I have, th- I think, 36 pieces in there. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Man. So I'm excited. How did it, how did the show come to be? Like, how did you end up getting in, into this space? And, and was it like on your bucket list to get into the sculpture garden? I've already had um, a piece of one of their shows last year. And because of that, they asked me to do this show. And it really is to focus on MLK and um, because we're doing MLK days. So starting tomorrow, Sunday and Monday, I will be facilitating and helping the community print posters. Nice. And And the theme is around love, you know, like this is something around that, you know, only love can drive out hate that that quote. Mm hmm. That's what we'll be focusing on is just showing love and appreciation for Martin Luther King. And then, you know, I'm going to try and push people to, like, make some changes because we can talk about love and say love and print love. But you got to do it. Yeah. That's where I am. Yeah. At, That's the know? next step. Yeah. This is Avita Tizano, multidisciplined collage artist, and you are listening to Studio Noise. In your work, in your work, I love, and this is some a small part of what I I don't add to my work. Where you talk about before, where you don't carve too many faces as much because you're not you don't feel as confident in it. Um, I actually call almost exclusively faces and figures and i'm starting to add pattern but it's something about how you're doing your patterns it's something about 
um, taking simple shapes in, in the repetition of it and creating um, something much more interesting just from like a, a singular piece. Uh, there's a there's a one video that you have online that you just use as one circle and you go on back and forth a little bit and then you fill it up like there's one circle and a bunch of different colors. But it feels so much more layered. And I think that's the step that abstract nature of understanding shape and repetition. That's the part that I want to get into. So tell me a little bit about how do you come to that? Okay, so I consider myself like a YouTube junkie. So like I'll watch so many artists doing things. And I think for me, by learning from them, I'm able to apply it to my practice. So like there's this um, artist, Julie Faith Balzer, um, who does a lot of monoprints and uses jelly plates. And she has this book, I think it's like Carve Stamp Play or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she walks through about like what is a four, four, four repeat pattern. So if you have like a square, like a perfect square, carve, you know, cut out, and then you can make different designs in that square. And then when you print it, you just turn it in different directions. So even though I may not be printing um, necessarily a square, but I apply that same principle. So when I'm printing, I'm just turning it in different directions and seeing where the pattern takes me. Um, and then I make sure to repeat that going down to the next line. So there's a continuation. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I feel like when I'm doing it, I'm saying it. I'm actually saying it out loud. Up, right, down, <laughs> left. Really? Up, <laughs> right. I'm serious. Down, left. And it's really meditative. Yeah. Like, so, and I remember where I am. And then here's the, here's the rub right here. If I make a mistake, I just keep on going. Nobody knows except me. <laughs> Nobody knows. I'm like, oh. I, I went down twice right there because I was talking to someone. That always happens because the kid will yeah. be like, mommy, so-and-so, and so And I'm like, I'll respond and I realize, oh my gosh, I did down twice. Oh, well. I'll just stamp something for that later. And that's really what layer what the layering is, cover-up mistakes. But, <laughs> but I love it, though. Yeah. I love how it looks and it brings me joy. And I, I feel like because of that, when I tackle a serious, a serious subject, you see the joy, but I'm like punching you in the face with the message about, you know, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like there's one where I do like, um, I carved it in, in cursive. So it looks joyful, but it's, it's freedom isn't free. Someone has to pay. And because someone you you know you think oh I have all these freedoms and I I'm, I can do whatever I want but someone had to pay for that in order for you to have that mm -hmm. so um, I like I like to do that and then there's one which I think is so hilarious I had one person who was disgruntled with like one of my online classes and she said something to the effect that she wasn't going to waste money on um, supplies that she was only that she was only going to use once. 
So I took that quote and carved it out. <laughs> Thanks, lady. And I, I printed it. <laughs> I printed that thing. And I mean, like, I mean, can you imagine getting, you know, it's because you, you buy the speedball, speedy card that comes in 11 by 11 and three quarters by 11 by three quarters. I bought one of those and carved that out and printed it. And people, when I posted on Instagram, people were like chiming in. I do that all the time. And now, and then when I revealed it, someone had said that to me. They're like, I cannot believe that because as an artist, don't you like consume a lot of artist supplies? How many supplies do you have in your arsenal right now that you've never used? Oh, I, I got tons of it. I can't tell you. Exactly. I, I got some great watercolor brushes. <laughs> if anybody ever right. wanted to do watercolor, <laughs> I have some great watercolor For that brushes. one day, you yeah. know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, I'm going to actually do it. You know, <laughs> but... And I, I just couldn't believe that they had the, the 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 gumption to say that, but I'm like, you you said it. That's your opinion, but I'm not going to let that affect me. I'm going to print to get it out of my system. I I carved it and printed it, and 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 I sent out that print. It's in my um. I've only printed it once. To prove a point. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. One yo. time. Yeah, that's enough. They get it. <laughs> Thanks, lady. You inspired me right. to do some, make some work. I appreciate it. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking about making it bigger, though. Like, like, like big, um, big, big, big. Yeah. And putting it on the wall. I only do it one time. That's what's up. That's gonna be good, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick, quick. This is going to be a quick fire one. I'm going to okay. um, say some words that I've seen you repeat in a lot of your work. And I want you to tell me a little bit about what, how they make you feel, what you think about these words that you're using, right? Get, okay. get behind okay. the scenes, all right? Diversity. So I'm an HR manager. I was an HR manager. I am still doing HR work. And that word is always tossed to and fro all the time. We got to have a diverse workforce, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we don't really have it. <laughs> <laughs> you say we have it, you want to have it, but we don't. So um, I feel like that's my way of trying to channel that, that anger when we use it. Because we don't use it the, the right way, I feel like, at, at work. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, second word, hope. Hope is my sister's middle name. Um, my middle name is Faith, and so Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence things not seen. Hebrews eleven and one. That's where it came from. Hmm. I love it, Joe. Free. Thanks. Free. Free is something that I'm just now feeling as a person. It took a long time. I'm 44 now. And, you know, for a long time, I felt like I was held down by shackles and, and negative thoughts about myself and, and what people think. And now I'm just like starting to break those change, chains and being free to do what I want to do. Was that an internal discussion you were having with yourself? Or was it something that was said to you and you picked up on like growing up? So my father was in the Air Force and we were a military 
you know, of course, military brats. And when we moved from place to place, um, we encountered different experiences. So we lived in Japan, which was an amazing place. Like we still talk about moving back. Um, and the culture is so rich and diverse and, and the food is amazing. Um, but when we moved from Japan to North Carolina, that was a complete culture shock. Oh yeah, I'm sure, yeah. When we lived on base, we had friends from all sorts of cultures, right? And then we moved to North Carolina and then we were like one of a few black people who lived in that area. And that was, I was 16, the first time someone called me the N-word. Mm. I didn't even know what racism was until I was 16 years old. So, yeah. <laughs> no, no, hey, I, I, I grew up in North Carolina. I'm not, <laughs> I hear exactly what you're saying. As soon as you say you moved to North Carolina, I was like, oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> it's not just like, it's not yeah. like Greenville or Raleigh or Charlotte. This is oh, no. rural. Oh, yeah. Rural yeah. North Carolina. Oh, I, yeah. Where um, I didn't know that you read books, Black people, North Carolina. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm from I'm from Littleton, <laughs> North Carolina. With Littleton, okay. uh, let's redraw the school district to make sure we keep our school mostly white. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I know. <laughs> I know what you. I know what you're feeling. Man, that's so that's tough. Last one. <laughs> Last one. Love. Love. Um, my husband. I love my husband with all my heart. He has been my the biggest. A supporter and cheerleader uh, has encouraged me to be who I am today and I really appreciate like everything that he um, has sacrificed so that I may be able to do what I love to do and uh, I just love him he's my boo <laughs> that's what's up yo shout out to the spouses yo that's what yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we got it. I'm. I'm. I. When I started a podcast, like the fourth, maybe maybe even the third episode, was um me and my wife talking to my wife on this podcast. I, I'm gonna have to bring her back up here just so you mention it because nice because you know nice. uh, spouses do have to understand you as an artist and it's and I'm finding out just by how much I talk to other people how rare it is that people do find that person that completely believes in them and sticks with them yeah. and, and gives them that love and comfort support. Like even a place where, um, how I love how no matter what I do, no matter what show I get into, no matter how much art I sell at any show, I come home and my wife asks me to take the trash out. Like, Correct. you know, that <laughs> my, my function in her life is to be this like, yes, you are, you are Jamal. Like we go out and we kiss, you know, shake hands and kiss babies all over there. But in here, you, Jamal, my husband, you know, we got to fix these light bulbs in the front that need to be right. <laughs> like, it's all that yeah, stuff. I, I love it. Yeah. I yeah, love it. Joe. How long y'all been, how long y'all been together? Married? Together. 21 years, married 20. I love it. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what's up, yo. Big shout out to your husband, yo. Yes. Kyrie. <laughs> yeah. And so um, let me ask you this um, in this year uh, focus on the podcast is really going to be about uh, nuts and bolts about mm -hmm. how people are doing their art career 
And so I'm going to ask you this, and this might be one question that'll, uh, you'll be the first one this year <laughs> to ask this question, what? right? But um, I'm going to ask it every episode, like, how are you making it? How are you doing what you do? How do you like put it together and create this life uh, that you're supporting? Like, what, what are the different phases? So now that I'm in the not year of yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, tell tell me about this year. Yes, though, this is this is interesting. I mean, I said yes to everything, everything. I even told some people like, "Hey, you got in on the year yes," because when it hits January first, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> "No, I I can't. No, I'm busy. No." <laughs> but really, it's not. I don't. I don't want it to be the year now. That's exactly what I don't want it to be. Right. But I want it to be um, encourage myself. Because sometimes I feel discouraged. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like listening to you say say my name with Alita together, I'm like humbled and like shocked because I love her so much and don't consider myself in her league. But I need to encourage myself. I need to not not in a boastful way, not that, but just to give myself strength to continue on the things that. I want to do and I want to achieve. I don't want to, because I was reading something recently about how they say, don't tell everybody everything that you do because they will discourage you. Mm. And I'm like, sometimes that person that's discouraging you is yourself. Right. That's true. And, and I want to not like stop myself from achieving the dreams that I want to like the the solo exhibition that is happening starting tomorrow that has been a dream of mine for five years I've been wanting this you know for five years and now that it's accomplished I gotta go and (laughs) find another dream (laughs) (laughs) to do right and 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 go off and do that but the other thing too is I have to like sit in the accomplishments because what what some people do like I do, like I will complete the thing and move on. Yeah. And don't take the time to sit in that space of, hey, like tomorrow I'm gonna really take in. This is happening. <laughs> Celebrate myself, not in the boastful way, but say, you know, God, <clears throat> thank you, yeah. thank you, Lord, for yeah. getting me through this to this point, right? Yeah. Get there. Um, Take your selfies. You deserve it, Joe. Right. You need- <laughs> exactly. I'm going to run around and, and, you know, do some dancing and, you know, <laughs> what's that one? Like, when, when the devil says no, God says yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do, do all of that. <laughs> all of that will be done. I right? love it. And yeah. celebrate and celebrate it because time goes by so fast it does yeah and then as we know life is short and we should live it to the fullest i know people say that all the time but it's the truth live each day like it's your last that's what i believe no i'm with you yo. so i know we detour but back to the uh, original question how are you making it why how are you putting it together what um i just 
told you. But what, what pieces of the for like practice? I mean, that's that's inspirational. Oh, I'm talking about practical. You're talking about yes. the the practical. Okay, yes, the so, practical. Like you slice up, but you slice your time into a pie. Like yeah. how much time are you spending doing this thing to get you something? This thing to get you something. So it hasn't been over the last couple of weeks because I focused on I'm focused on this this solo exhibition. But I usually wake up early in the morning, pray, read the Bible, and then I do something. Like even if it's just carve a piece or take a brush and make one stroke, do something artistic every day. Mm-hmm. Something. And um because if I don't, I feel I don't feel accomplished. Even though like I'm doing all these things, if I don't do, take that time to set aside time for me to make my make something, it doesn't have to be a completed piece. That's why I tell people all the time: don't like sit there and say, "I gotta make this thing in one hour." That <laughs> you're gonna be defeated. You're gonna be defeated automatically. So do what you can in that hour, and then the next day, do the next thing. And then do the next thing. Yeah. And you know, during this pandemic, you know, you I got kids, so we've watched every living um Disney movie ever ever made. <laughs> and one of them is Frozen 2. And that one scene where she says, Do the next right thing, that's exactly what I've been doing is doing the next right thing. That's doing the next up. right yeah. thing. Um, and then once all those those next right things add up they add up to the finished product um so yeah taking the taking the um the reins off of like i gotta do it all today or else yeah where i I can break it up through several days and then by the end of the week i should have something you know what i mean yeah i'm with you i love it and so as we come in, as we wind it down, coming to a close in the interview, I'm spending a little bit of time talking about uh, two things. One, you teaching at Micah now. Uh, yes. For the last two, <laughs> in the previous, I said two years, but no, two semesters. No, two can feel semesters. like a year. Yeah, but you're teaching at Micah <laughs> and another thing, the Alma, Alma Thomas Fellow. Alma Thomas yes. Fellow at Studio Gallery DC. So you got to tell yes. me, you got to tell me about a little bit about these two things. <laughs> um, so I, um, it's a long story. So I have a colleague um, that I met at the College Book Arts Association um, conference that was in New Orleans. This is like right before the pandemic, right? Like 2000, like 2019. And I'm sitting next to her and we're discussing, we're talking and she says she teaches at Micah. And I'm like, I've been trying to get in the institution for a while. I, I apply, I apply, no one calls me back. I don't know what's going on. And she, you know, and we, you know, exchanged information and I didn't see her until um, last year. And I guess the person that would normally teach the class that I was teaching, I was taking a sabbatical. And so they asked, they just basically emailed me and said, hey, can you teach this artist book class? And I'm like, Sure. <laughs> random. And there you go. <laughs> yeah, just, just random. 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 Yeah. Fine, right? And yeah. so um, I didn't know anything. I didn't know what I was doing um, per se, but I took everything that I learned 
from teaching in general because I mean, I've taught classes, but I didn't grade. Mm-hmm. You know, this is still same same concept. I'm still teaching the same things that I've done before, but it's not being graded. So um, the one thing I struggled with is like attendance, like people not showing up. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, but. I started to like pivot and think about different ways to help my students complete their projects, regardless of them being in 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 the space while me, while I'm looking at them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would record, you know, how to make the books and upload it so they can watch it later. Um, we would do Zoom, you know, critiques. So I was just trying to figure out ways I can incorporate my little my technology background to help them, you know, navigate through this COVID space. Yeah. And, so, you, and you offer those video and, and classes and stuff on your website too, right? Am I mistaken? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. But now I, I've taken a break from my YouTube videos. I reached 102 and I'm like, I don't know what to do next. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm at 102 videos. What else is there to do? I don't know. I, I, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, I, I want to do something different. I want to do more of like, hey, I'm going on a trip and you follow along with me mm-hmm. and I discover a new artist and like I don't want to do any more like quote unquote, this is how you print. Right. This is how you carve. Right. It's already there. Look it up. I want <laughs> you know, I just I just want you to come along on this journey with me. And that's what I want to do next. But um I want to just get past this semester and maybe do it during the summer but i'm really trying to get away from this oh i gotta post every week forget y'all youtube i'm gonna post when i want to (laughs) (laughs) that's where i'm at right now because it's just like it's it's you know i don't want to like it to be a burden every week trying to upload something yeah you know what i mean i want to be free with you know my pursuits so that's what i intend to do and then along with the cbaa i am now will be starting in at the end of february the college of regards association president oh look at you i wish i had some i wish i got a four sound effects i need to <laughs> get some get some claps or something <laughs> that's what's up yo man that's yeah. awesome yeah that's a combination of like what i used to be just a random like you know, member. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm leading the community of book arts. So we'll see how that goes. No, that's I'm excited that's great, about yeah. it. I'm excited about it. I love and it. And then yeah. the Alma Thomas, Alma Thomas Fellowship, I actually applied for that. And basically, um, you know, Alma Thomas is a painter, was a painter. And basically it's the fellowship is inspired by her. And um basically we will be doing like fellow shows and hopefully progress to more um solo exhibitions in the future but it's a two-year commitment and um we have a fellow show starting at the the beginning of february in washington dc so you know look out for that so i'll be in like four different spaces uh in the same time. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's that's hard working right there. I like I like that. <laughs> I know I I just I I feel like during the pandemic I was really prolific 
and not knowing that I was. Mm. So when it came time to putting everything together, I'm like, I really have enough for all of this. I cannot even believe it, but I did it. So now I got to make more stuff, right? Because <laughs> I don't want that stuff to come home. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I can make more stuff. So. Yeah. yeah, or we have a whole guest room full of frame artwork. Sitting I know. Maybe send out the shows. Please just take it. Please buy it. <laughs> I mean, really, I feel like I work to buy art supplies to make the art. That's my that's my cycle of life. <laughs> yes, that's a, that's definitely the cycle right there. <laughs> But it's but it's great that you did come out of the pandemic because I mean when you talk to people you know twenty twenty one was either uh, the best year of their life or the worst year of their life you know what I'm saying it's like it's it's you don't see too many in betweens like I haven't talked to too many in betweens but um I'm 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 ex- always excited when I see people make the best out of it you know what I mean like and even get in there and and people needed it I think they needed a break just to jump off that hamster wheel. Uh, to reassess what they really wanted. And in most times, if people really love art and they jump off the hamster wheel, the first thing they want to do is create. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I love I love the the that people had this is uh, you know I don't want to say it. They had the privilege of being able to get time and space to create in the moment where everything was in chaos. Does that make sense? So I will second that, but then add on to that. Okay, it was like I'm going to make art or else. Look, I I'm here with my kids during doing um, online schooling. I have to help them log in every freaking hour. <laughs> <laughs> in the midst, I have a four year old who demands every waking hour of my time. Okay. And I was like, I'm making stuff regardless. <laughs> That's where I was. <laughs> like, I can't live. I'm tired. I'm going nuts. So I would wake up way before they, I would wake up at like 4 a.m. This is why I'm falling asleep. People are like, oh, you fall asleep so early. Why do you go to bed at like 8.30? Because I was up at 3. <laughs> Getting work yeah, done. You don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand what I did. <laughs> I need this, you know. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's how I was. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna mix his face. No, I have no choice. Okay. Yeah. I will print in my kitchen. We're gonna do this. We're doing this. <laughs> I love it, Joe. That's determination. That's love right. right there. I appreciate that for real. Sarah, why don't you tell them <laughs> where they can find you, how to get in contact with you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at I am Sarah Matthews. My um, web address is I am Sarah Matthews.com. I'm also on Facebook, of course, I am Sarah Matthews. And I have a YouTube page, and that's Sarah B. Me. How did you videos? Check them out. Oh, you know what? I forgot. What? I have a podcast. <laughs> you have a podcast. What? what oh wait, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute going... now. Hold on now. You <sighs> got a podcast. My... Hold on. This is this is a uh, we we fifty minutes. <laughs> almost an hour in. You just oh, now mentioned this. 
I'm so sorry. Because you know my art friend Natalie's gonna be get on me. You didn't say anything about our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> What's the, what's the name of the podcast and show? Oh, it's called Art Collab. Art Collab. And it's basically us talking about our art and what we do. Um, we had a couple of guest speakers on uh, on our thing. And then um, the very first one that we did is where we exchanged art supplies. And then, no, I'm sorry. That wasn't it. That was like the third or fourth one we did. But the very first one that we did, um, we started an artist book. So we started like the first four pages and then we switched books and then finished it out. And then on the podcast, we reveal the final product, product to each other. And yes, there are tears, but it was a great experience. And um, we're going to start back to filming um, starting on February. We do it the first Tuesday every month. And then we upload it to um, Apple Podcasts and all the other ones. On fr- on that Friday, so all right, yeah. that's what's up. That's something to look forward to. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, Sarah, for coming on the podcast, <laughs> blessing us. You are definitely one of the friends of the podcast now, and we got you know gotta, gotta get you back on uh, at some time. Awesome. I'm yeah, call me. I'll be here. I'll be there. <laughs> that's it. Another episode of Studio Noise in the Bag. Big shout out to Sarah Matthews for coming on the podcast. She's amazing. Make sure y'all check her out. Next week, we'll be back for more, more Studio Noise. The best black artists that I could possibly get my hand on. We got George F. Baker, muralist, illustrator, graphic designer coming up next week. Make sure you're here to check that out. And all my artists out there, I know it's been a while, but you keep it going. Why don't you keep inspired? Keep making that work. Keep making that noise. That's what I'm talking about. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Studio Noise Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please take a second to rate us and write a review to make sure everybody knows about the noise. Follow us on Instagram at Studio Noise Podcast.